Hello, listeners. It is me, Andy, your host of the Dual Screens podcast. And joining me this week, I am very excited about this one. This is kind of a big deal for me. I've been following this game for, I want to say, at least over a year at this point. Joining us is Phil Crefo, co-founder and game director over at Waseb and developer of Chia, a tropical open world adventure inspired by New Caledonia. Phil, how's it going, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm great. How are you? Doing good. I uh, took the day off of work for this interview. <laughs> I did the whole like, oh, I don't feel too well. I don't think <laughs> any of my coworkers listen to my podcast, so I think I'll yeah. be okay. <laughs> uh, before we dive into what this game is, where this game came from, the influence, the inspiration, all that crazy fun stuff. I'm going to ask you a very simple, straightforward question. How much are you enjoying Sifu right, <laughs> right, right now? <laughs> I'm getting my butt kicked. I'm not sure how much I can say I uh, enjoy that on the air. I mean, it's uh, miles above what I was expecting. I actually had mm -hmm. the chance to try it out like a months or years ago at Snowflap. Mm -hmm. they're, they're in France also, and we, we're friends with them. Um, it was good back then, but what they pushed a couple of days ago is pretty mind-blowing, to be honest. It's yeah, I was watching your, uh, your Twitter feed, like celebrating the release. Yeah, we're little little chia kung fu action going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's we're big on celebrating successes mm -hmm. uh, from our friend or from anywhere in the industry. So uh, yeah, it was it was obvious that we need to do the thing. So I wanna I wanna begin things with how this game was first shown to the world. I mean, I think a lot of people either saw this game at the game awards in 2020 and most people i think like myself included in that bunch were first introduced to this game during the playstation showcase last september yeah. so before we dive in and we're gonna dive in big time into the game itself i kind of want to step back a little bit and can you walk us through what that looks like on your end when sony is preparing a huge presentation they've been quiet for months the whole summer came and went without any sort of major announcements from playstation and lo and behold your game is going to be with all of these big heavy hitter triple a first party studio games yeah what is what what is that like how do, what does that process look like do they say like here's an email hey phil j just a heads up it's it's pretty well actually it's it's way more complicated than that <laughs> so <laughs> we you, we have to go through a lot of loops yeah. um, you know they run a very tight ship and right. they want to make sure that everything they air is amazing and on par with their triple a first party stuff um so it starts as hints they're kind of like Something's gonna happen sometime. Can you be ready? It's very cryptic. And then as the weeks uh, go by, it's like, okay, there's a show planned. 
there might be a slot oh wow what could you have and it gets like the picture gets clearer and clearer as you as you approach and when when the time comes for us to uh, actually commit to being on the show we have to pitch the trailer and the ah interesting it's kind of like trying to sell the game all over again even though wow like being on the show is very well a show of that scale you know it wasn't like a state of play it was a bigger thing uh-huh and we really had to convince them that okay you love the game you you signed the game we're working together on the game but to be on that show on like to be put forward in that manner you really have to have an asset that's really amazing and so we had to pitch um the trailer so i was like okay i want to do this i want to do that i want to show that side of the game and stuff and then um they give you a timeline and then it gets into the whole production thing where you have to send you know the drafts and you have the, the milestones to submit and stuff like that so it's very stressful but the, the big thing is i i had no idea what the rest of the show was right like a few weeks before i had confirmation <laughs> that we were going to be in and we had a trailer that was going to air and i was super hyped about that no matter what the, what the show was going to be but then the day it aired it was crazy. It was surreal because it, it was just us in the middle of huge AAA stuff, and it was. I was like, "Thank God I didn't know what that show was going to be, or else I would have been stressed to death." Like so Phil, it's going to be you, Spider-Man to Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. It was very uh, humbling to see that Sony had so much faith in the game. To be honest. Um, so the whole process is pretty stressful, but the people at Sony are amazing folks, like super supporting and very open to discussion about, you know, what you want to show about the game, what's good, what's bad, what, what's the format, what's the ideal format, because they have a lot of experience in that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it was very collaborative and, and very... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think we it's, would have put out such a trailer without their input and their help and their support. It's interesting because, like you said, it's they already have you have their full support with the game yeah. already for the longest time. And now it's why are we supporting you again? Okay, let's do another pitch to, to yeah. remind you this is why during our corner, this is why yeah, you're supporting it's, us it's so like, much. It's kind of like they have kind of tears of their games you know and if you mm-hmm. want to be in that place where they like you're in the big show you it's like kind of like trying to trying to make your dad proud you know it's your dad but you say, right think- yeah <laughs> you know it makes you wonder i have to find the developer now that was asked to be on that show but was like turned down like we have a slack can you give us a pitch and they're like you know what we're gonna go in a different direction these Chia looks way better, so we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you next time. I have no clue, to be honest. I think <laughs> I think they have a pretty good idea of the ideal show they want to make. Mm-hmm. So they ask the specific developers um, for for like if they have a trailer ready or stuff like that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I think like most devs are pretty good at delivering on that mm-hmm. kind of stuff you know yeah. if they if they go that far i think most are able to produce right. good 
right I'm sure many people get turned down but yeah so on the on the topic of showing sony why your game is so incredible tell us why your game is so incredible what is chia give us give us the more expanded view of this game um how long do you want me to to be i mean listen listen this is like your place to tell your story you can be as it can be chia is a fun game about soul jumping on and that's it but you know let's have a more broader let's get well, into it yeah Chia is a fun game about soul jumping. Good, cool. Also, it's also um, a game uh, that's inspired by New Caledonia, which is mm. our homeland. Well, the core of the, the team's, the founder's homeland. Um, New Caledonia, I have a face mask. Oh, uh, look at that. Branded uh, face mask representing. It's a small island in uh, the middle of the Pacific, and that's where we're from. And it's a place nobody knows about, really. Mm -hmm. So I guess if I had to like condense Chia into what it is at its core, it's a very personal thing um, mm. that we hope will resonate with, uh, with many people. Um, it's infused with a lot of our experience growing up there. Right. And the cultural aspects of the island like the music the people um the food the landscapes the landmarks um the weather and the phone the the, the fauna um the vegetation and everything and, and right. it kind of creates this unique thing because it's a place that hasn't been shown in basically in games basically never and in any media at all to be honest like very very few movies take place there or anything um yeah so, i thought it was like a fictional place when i first saw it i was like is that well a real place that exists in the world yeah well the the the, the game world is fictional correct uh, new Canada is very real yes. uh, the, game, <laughs> the game we are building is is taking place in a fictional world that we are building using a lot of that stuff that i mentioned that we're picking up mm -hmm. and, and building our own fantastical place with it um, but yes, that's kind of the, the, the idea, like the core. Mm. And then the game itself is an open world adventure game, like very sandbox based. Mm. Um, it, it's also like story centric, like it's everything you do in the game is very driven by a story. Um, but then the mechanics and the, the systems are very sandboxy. Um, it's a very systemic game, uh, physics driven, like everything is very physical and very analogic. And we wanted to create that kind of uh, what I what I like to call the toy box fitting. Mm, it's yeah. kind of the, the sense that you had when you were playing with a lot of toys and throwing stuff around and you know smashing stuff together. Like everything you interact with reacts and has weight and physical, um, yeah, physical reactions basically. So it's a it's a big toy we've been making for like four years now. So you're really telling, in effect, two stories. It's you're, you're you're telling Chia's story as the protagonist of the game, and also the story of your own your home, the place you grew up and you currently live in. It's that's an amazing yeah. thing to do. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was also a challenge of where to kind of position ourselves. Like, do we want to make something that's really really heavily influenced by the nitty gritty stuff of New Caledonia and the the stuff that only local people would know and, mm -hmm. and at the risk of making something that's maybe too uh, mm. 
centered and would interest only locals? Or do we go like super um, far from the influence and just, you know, kind of uh, sprinkle some of it on top of a more generic game to make it more accessible? So it was a really fine line to walk and, and a, a middle ground to find that I think I'm, I'm pretty confident we nailed it because we're making a game that I think can be appreciated by anyone because the story is pretty universal. Mm. But then as you're soaking in the world, you will be hammered by a lot of unusual stuff that you've never seen and that will, and th that stuff is influenced by, by New Caledonia and we've drawn, we, we've drawn from, from there to kind of create the building blocks. Mm -hmm. Then any player is able to understand the story, like relate to the characters and stuff like that. So I think, I think we're we're in a good place. What is Chia's story in this game? What is what is she pursuing? What is what is the thrust? What what is putting her on this journey and making um, her jump into rocks and mangoes and birds and frogs yeah. and <laughs> all these things? <laughs> well, before she goes into all of that crazy stuff, um, she's just a young girl on an island living with her father um, and. An unexpected event. I'm working working on next, right? Not to spoil too much, but yes, of course. Something crazy happens, and she's set on a on a quest to find her father, basically. Um, and she, it's a coming of age story, um, mm. but it's told. Um, so where where I think the story is interesting that we're telling is. Um, it's totally in a fantastical world. It has magical elements. She has like superpowers and stuff like that. But at the core, the story is very human one. It tells, it talks about family, friendship, love, discovering yourself, like growing up. So I think there's a lot of room to, you know, um, identify and care for the actual characters. And then the world kind of feels bigger than life, but the story is very human at the core, I think. Yeah, it's hard not to care when the characters look that adorable. It's <laughs> yeah. really hard not to feel something unless you're dead inside when and you're you looking can, at these characters. And you can customize everything on her, so mm. you know she she can be even cuter than what we've shown. Oh boy, don't don't get me started on that. <laughs> Cute games are my weakness. So let's. Uh, this is going to be so bad. Let's soul jump into the gameplay really fast. I hate myself so much. Um, how did this these mechanics come into play? Like where, I mean, I'm sure you first began with, we want to tell a story about where we live, where we grew up, and Chia sort of sprung out of that, out of your culture, out of your experiences growing up in New Caledonia. But where did this gameplay, the idea of like, I want to possess the you know flora and fauna of this world to complete puzzles where did all of that aspect come from um that came like that is not directly drawn from new Caledonian culture this is not like based on a on some folk tale or mm. you know, local story or anything this is i think at the core um again design like a gameplay mechanic um idea that we thought was really cool um, but at the same time, it's not entirely uh, separate from the actual soul of the game, mm. just because in New Caledonian folklore, um, a lot of stuff is centered around animals. Mm. Um, a lot of the characters in the folk tales and stuff are animals. So it 
really makes sense for Chia to be able, you know, to put human traits into animals and kind of, in a way, reenact a lot of those um, traditional myths and stuff where it's animals, you know, um, interacting with each other. So there's, there's th that really tight link with nature and right. animals, kind of uh, similar, but I, I, like that didn't uh, spark the idea for the mechanic. It was kind of the other way around. It was like, but to make something super special, what's important in the inspirations we're drawing? Well, nature, animals, what can you do with that? Play as a crab. <laughs> play as a crab <laughs> yeah i would imagine when you live on a small island you feel more connected to the actual other living things on the island but you know i live in new york i don't feel closeness to rats or pigeons or anything like that. <laughs> um so describe what some of these mechanics look like how there's about 30 or so animals you can sort of possess and take over and use their sort of innate abilities to either travel or solve puzzles. How different do all these creatures feel? What is that like actually building different systems for all of these creatures? Yeah, well, uh, to be honest, some animals have the same kind of basic locomotion systems, like mm -hmm. We have several birds in the game and they pretty much all do the same thing, which is fly around. Some mm -hmm. have specific abilities that are kind of tied to um, to um, their real life counterparts or their place in New Caledonian culture. Um, but what it's like is a lot of work for sure. Um, what we have is kind of divided in three parts. We have the marine animals, the flying animals and the land animals. Um, so they all share kind of the same, like under, under the hood, they all share kind of the same locomotion system. So it's pretty unified. We tried to make something that, right. that was, that we were able to iterate on the systems pretty easily. So it's not like super, super, uh, it was a lot of hard work uh, upfront, but then we were able to generate a lot of animals from that uh, base. Uh, and then the abilities they have are, uh, very different. Some are just like locomotion um, abilities, like you're a bird, you're able to fly, that's super useful. Uh, so birds, some birds have other abilities, but most are just super useful because you can fly around. Um, but for example, as a dog, you can dig up the ground and that's tied to a mechanic we have with treasure treasure chests, where if a treasure is buried underground, you kind of have to get a dog to, to, to uh, dig it out. Right. Uh, that's some so animals cool. Have uh, abilities, like I said, that are tied to their place in the, um, the New Caledonian culture, like the the kagu is a type of bird, like an endemic bird to New Caledonia, which is a flightless bird. So it can just walk around on the ground and it has a very specific um, shout that sounds like a bark. We mm -hmm. it. <laughs> that sounds horrifying. <laughs> it's pretty weird, but it's, it's kind of a cute bark. Um, right. Specific, you know, and, and so we use that and kind of twisted it and made it our own. And when you possess a kagu in the game, we're able to uh, put out a very powerful um, bark like shout and that will scare uh, foes <laughs> around you and stuff like that. So we kind of have different stuff like that. There are, there are a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of other abilities that animals have that I don't want to spoil, but hmm. uh, that will bring a smile, I think. See, that should have been the first thing you show in the trailer is just this flightless bird that barks like a dog 
Yeah. That should be the whole trailer. Just a, a nice five second clip of this one animal. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, the logo. Thing. This this animal is like so specific to New Caledonia. Like you you show that bird to a New Caledonian person, it's instantly recognizable. But right. you talk to that gray bird with a hoop, like kind of a feathers on its head, and it cannot fly, and it barks. <laughs> that's pretty, you know that gets that gets tricky to explain. So we we try to you know walk the line of showing. Uh, a side of the game that's not too weird, but there's definitely right. a lot of weird stuff in the game. How do you sort of manage scope when dealing with a concept like we want to have a lot of playable animals and objects? Because I feel at a certain point that could get out of hand with yeah. ideas and well, I want to throw in this animal and that animal. And how do you sort of control that and keep it and curate that list to where this best represents our culture, where we come from, without it getting too out of hand. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's I, I think it's the same problem for every, for every production, you know, it's knowing when to stop. Um, it's definitely been challenging, like the team has grown, like when we prototyped that game, we were just two people, and mm -hmm. now we're like 15, so, the game really required like more manpower than we had so we had to grow and you know adjust the team size to what the game deserved in terms of scope because it's a game that i think shines because it's so generous you know mm. we wanted to make a game that I was like generous that. i'm not i'm not able to design games that are like extremely minimalistic and 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 pure and you know, I don't have those sensibilities. I really admire that, but I'm more of a, a, a generous uh, person in terms of mm. game design, I guess. So it was about giving giving fun stuff to the player, and that is indeed a lot of work. Um, yeah, it's 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 planning. It's it's making sure we build the systems up front that are strong. Like I said, for the animals, like making sure you build like from the ground up, you know, and not get too dispersed, but that's, there's always something to learn, you know, every day. Were there any ideas that were too sort of out there and you were just, we can't, we can't do that. We got to cut that. That's, that can't go on our game. We can't have this animal. We can't do that. Um, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of ideas floating around. I think we were able to incorporate a lot of the interesting stuff um we thought about i think the very early pro like ideas about the game you had um, uh, a mount you're able to mount an animal oh wow okay interesting um, but that kind of you know because then soul jumping came into play and you were able to now you are the mount basically yeah it kind of you know <laughs> kind of gets rewired in some way right. like that but I, nothing comes to mind that we really had to cut and that I still feel bad about. You know? Okay. It, it, most often it gets kind of twisted and re- Right, and right. Right. Fascinating. Uh, what is, what's it like seeing your game being compared to titles like Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker, like yeah. huge iconic franchises. And here's your game that in the best possible of ways, reminding gamers yeah of these hits 
I like it's most of the time uh, super like I'm I'm pretty honored every time there's a comparison. It's it's humbling. It's uh, it's nice. Uh, it really depends on the tone. Yeah, uh, like, you know, sometimes it's really. Oh, this is just our Breath of the Wild clone. It's not. Yeah, it ain't special. It. Yeah, the, I I I think like I I seem to notice that comparing games to other games has become a lot. Well, and maybe I noticed it because we're being compared, but mm. I, I I noticed a lot of people. Well, it's the Dark Souls of this or the Dark Souls. Oh, of that. that let's not and we get a lot get more into that right now. Yeah, shorthand. Yeah. And that 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 discourse um, is, I'm, I mean, it's not hurtful. Mm. Um, it's I'm, I'm, it's also about managing expectations because we're not making Breath of the Wild. In terms of course, of yeah. Like that, so you know, it's always uh, kind of tricky. But you know, it's better to be compared to great games than to bad ones. So. Uh, yeah, and you know, we have Breath of the Wild for Breath of the Wild. This is just going to be yeah. Chia. Yeah. Um, so aside from soul jumping, which again sounds sounds like a fun way to like break the game and do a lot of crazy fun stuff, there's also this, the ukulele that the yep. character plays. Mm-hmm. How does that factor into the gameplay? And is it for entertainment? Is it just you know, to play a soothing song? Are we looking at can songs do things in the game? What does that aspect look like? Yeah, so the ukulele is um, is really a, a good example of the tactile and analogic feeling we want to put into all of our systems. Um, you can, so there's kind of three ways the ukulele is used. You can take it out at any time in the open world and just mm. jam. And we went like all the way uh, into the system, you can strum, you can pick, you can bend, you can change chord qualities, you can... Oh, wow. So it's, it's a very almost uh, simulation of an instrument, which is mm. super fun. Um, I'm hopeful that people will catch on to it and, and will hear some, you know, jams and, and covers and stuff like that. Oh, that's going to be really neat like to see. Hour. It's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm hopeful because our audio team has done such a great job too at incorporating incorporating all the little subtleties of a ukulele sound and all the the variations of strumming. Like you can strum up, strum down, and and it really sounds like a real thing, and it's super cool. So that's kind of the sandbox kind of toy like feature of it. And then into the actual game, in the story, you have specific story moments where you're gonna have to take it out and play along to a song with characters, like you're at the campfire uh, and a song comes up and then you have kind of a rhythm game type gameplay segment where you play along with the song. It's very non-punitive. You want to make them like mood setters rather than challenges. So you can mess up and you can also jam on top of the song if you want. Like we, <laughs> we put the delay in a key that makes it so that even if you do pretty much anything, it will sound decent, you know? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> You can try to you can try to nail the thing, and there's a bit of a rhythm game challenge here. Um, and then in the actual open world, when you're free roaming, you can take it out, and you have magical melodies that you can unlock throughout the game. 
and those will have effects on the on the open world like buffs for chia or mm. change the weather like start the rain stop the rain or wow. you know um, trigger a sunset or uh, um, allow chia to uh, breathe underwater for a moment you know kind of like magical elements that kind of tweak and change the gameplay based on on them yeah get ready to see every song in ocarina of time be replicated on that on that ukulele <laughs> I, i'd love that, too, that really that would really be a, a a cool way for the game to you know live outside of just people playing the story like it being a tool that people can add on to and, and kind of create out of it that would really make me happy that's yeah i'm telling you you're gonna see all sorts of covers like every major gaming theme song every song that's a hit in some way will be covered on that on that ukulele you mentioned breathing underwater and it's, it's sort of like triggered something in my mind when i was watching the trailer those water effects and graphics are they're phenomenal thanks so like much. it almost looks like when i watch a trailer for horizon forbidden west and then this it's no. like how do Don't water how do water effects look so good in this game it's I mean, it's crazy it's, we have the um, the opportunity of having a stylized look mm -hmm. so we can get away with kind of you know twisting and pulling colors and being a little more um like to exaggerate the reflections and kind of, we have like the, the white sparkling effects that are that aren't realistic you know it's just like artistic right. uh, choices that we make and that that makes a whole like the whole picture like really pops up just because we're able to you know take those liberties where uh, horizon is like more uh, photorealistic rendering mm -hmm. so they kind of have to stick a little Still bit though, this is like a benchmark for water effects yeah. i just i look at it and i feel that this is thanks man i mean <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it's a game about an island a tropical island so we really had to get that you know that lagoon blue yeah it's it was super important to the look because pretty much anywhere you look when you're playing you're gonna see water you're gonna see the ocean right and also this is your first game your first 3d game as a yep. studio so what is that like working with this entire new dimension and you know working with unreal for the first time in this sort of scope yep. and having um, this art style like what is how what's that been like for your team well uh, to be honest uh it's actually more comfortable than working in 2d um, mm. my background is in 3d and our first game we went with 2d just because of resources we were just two people and right like it makes more sense to make a smaller scoped game. Uh, so going into 3D with Chia was kind of liberating because it's a format I'm much more familiar with and more much more comfortable in. Um, Unreal Engine, we didn't, um, well, we started work on Unreal Engine 4 for Chia, but we had prototyped um, our first game and in UDK, so Unreal Engine mm. 3 back then. So we kind of were familiar with the uh, with the, the, the thing. Um, but yeah, no, to be honest, for me, uh, 3D is where I'm most comfortable. So it wasn't big as big of a challenge. I'd, I'd say that the, the 2D game was more challenging. Okay. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, 
you couldn't tell that this was your first 3D game because when you look at the lighting effects, the weather effects, again, the gorgeous water, and just the that cartoon-like wonder of the characters and their facial expressions, it's like you've mastered this engine and it just looks phenomenal. It's- it's it's uh, it's a very powerful tool like unreal engine like really we're super glad this exists like i don't think we would have been able to make the game um any other way but it's also like a lot of hard work like optimization and stuff like that we need it in it right now and it's a it's yeah it's uh it's tricky but i'm glad i'm glad that you know what comes out of it is uh is cool at least what do you want gamers to take away from Chia after the credits roll? Um, so the, the obvious answer, I guess, would be uh, I'd like them to uh, book a flight to New Caledonia. Yeah, I feel like the, the, the trailer did that already, let alone the final product. Cool. But actually, that, that wouldn't be really honest for me. I don't think... Uh, we haven't made this game um, with the intent of uh, promoting the island. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, and it's not a game to teach people about something. Right. It's not game. It's not an educative thing. You know, it's a, it's a it's a video game that tells a story. It's a, yeah. it's entertainment, and if people have a good time, I think that's the bottom line. Um, people getting interested in New Caledonia and kind of Googling it, it's kind of a byproduct, a very happy one, a very great one, but it's a byproduct. And I think our main goal is just to make a good game and have people experience the story and and relate to it. And if that sparks, you know, some interest for the island, that's great. If that sparks some uh, thoughts about your own childhood too, that's great. I mean, like any story, I, I, we just hope that people will relate. Yeah, I think the bottom line is, given the setting and the world and the characters, we can all connect to the the the, the inner child yeah. that you know that that Chia represents, and then also that sense of discovery for us who don't live in you know your island. Yeah. That that sense of wonder, seeing these things for the first time the exploration aspects. I think when you're not trying to blatantly in your face sell, like here's what the game is about. It's about this thing. When you do it in a more subtle, laid back, casual sort of way where you let the island tell its own story and it's its own attraction, that's what's drawing people in. I think that's, it's coming through. Yeah, cool. That's 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 a very good way to word it for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to shift gears to something really interesting. I found out about um, your specific team and other indie devs too, that you're part of what's called the the Kepler Interactive. Yeah. This is the first global game publisher co-owned and run by developers. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. Look, I've spoken yeah. to a lot of indie developers, you know, doing this show for a long time publishers how those relations work but now you're both it's now you're together you're both developing and publishing on this one umbrella with a lot of other talent with you at the same time yeah Yeah, it's um it's a really great thing you know it's it's it was just about so chia was funded by uh calvin knights which is kind of a 
per project fund and that mm -hmm. kind of supports a lot of amazing games i i uh, uh you, you should google it and google their roster if you're, oh, if you're interested I, in seeing a lot of cool stuff uh, but that's a per project initiative you know mm -hmm. uh, they were like okay we love what you're trying to do with chia we're going to support you doing that and we're like great but then came like as we reached the end of production and share we're like so what's next like how we're gonna how we're how we gonna evolve the studio into uh the next step you know and it was like either we do it all over again we do another project and mm -hmm. we try we pitch it to people and we try to you know get funding and stuff like that or the kepler initiative came up and that's really empowering for us because it's a group of people that support each other and that are building a tight web of knowledge uh, experience that we're all sharing together and you know sifu has just launched right uh, we are already drawing so many lessons from what did what they're doing wrong or bad you know they have some stuff where they're like we should have done that differently and so we're drawing a lot from that and this allows us to kind of project ourselves into long-term plans you know and ju not just a per project chase to uh you know uh see the, the next day through it's more like what are you trying to build as a studio you know as, mm. a, as a brand and as as people you know it's it's a really great thing and the studios in kepler are amazing folks i think we're probably the smallest one in there which is mm. again kind of feel similar to having the trailer in the sony right <laughs> looking up all the time but that's that's really great because we only have um up to go and up to uh, look as inspiration for where to go next so that's it's a really really cool thing kepler yeah uh, is there a lot of collaboration or like resource sharing how does that relationship work and as far as yeah. just there's all these studios in one umbrella that's great but how does the interaction between all of those game devs yeah well function? there there are like uh weekly discussions about pretty much everything we do uh in the in the in, in kepler and um for example uh sifu has shipped slow clap are pretty busy like with the launch and everything but they will have some people that are going to have a little bit more free time and those people are going to be able to come in and help us on chia not necessarily like completely hands-on but they will be able to provide a lot of feedback when we have technical issues um they also have a lot of feedback and for example we're doing an open world game and some studios in the group are uh, contemplating doing open world games so we have a lot of experience in that mm. Um, and so there's a lot of just information and, and knowledge sharing, but there was also a thing where the, uh, other studios are being considered to kind of join the group or mm -hmm. work together with the group. And we all have our say in that. So we get to meet a lot of folks oh, from wow. all over the world and try to feel like, is that the best fit for Kepler? Like, do they have the right mindset? Are they mm -hmm same vibe that we have um are they willing to cooperate and build this thing together uh because we're at, at, the, at the ground floor on that stuff we get to decide a lot of how things are going to be done in kepler so that's very exciting and to be honest it's just a matter of surrounding yourself with like-minded people mm -hmm. and then the cool stuff just kind of happens I like how you feel both sides. You have on the one end, you're 
doing the pitch to PlayStation for that support and also fielding pitches to see if other devs can join this group. Yeah. So you, it's like you get you get both sides of the coin in a sense. Yeah, in a way. I mean, I'm not, yeah. And that makes me like super comprehensive when people are kind of, you know, when I, when I meet other devs, I, I, I easily uh, can put myself in their shoes just because I've, I've been there. Um, and I, I guess I'm still there because like I said, we're the smallest studio there and right. we have a lot of, lot of growing to do still. But yeah, it's funny to to have that uh, that position, and I get to play a lot of early, like super private builds of games. So. Nice. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. And you know, I think one of the main goals of 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 your group is that that to remain independent, like to have the resources, the support, where you can be a bunch of indie studios that pride themselves on being independent. What What's it like for you personally seeing there's so much talk about acquisitions in the air in, in the industry, consolidation of studios. Sony just bought Bungie, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard. What is that like as an indie dev seeing at least the bigger components of gaming sort of getting smaller and smaller? Um, I got, so like at Kepler, um, some studios have like we share, um, we're all co-owners of Kepler, mm. but also Kepler owns shares in some of the studios. It's kind of different for every studio, but right. some are not like completely indie in the sense that we mm. are merged with the group basically, but because we also own the group in a way, it's kind of, you know, the same. Right. Um, I, I don't, um, by default, have a strong feeling about acquisitions. I think they often are a way for studios to, you know, just reach their full potential just because of the resources that a big group can inject into a studio. It really depends on the philosophy um, behind who's buying who, basically. Mm -hmm. um, for example, like Microsoft, I've, I've been buying a lot of stuff recently. And I like from what I'm hearing, it's super positive for the studios that have joined. Mm -hmm. um, like I see Double Fine. I, I would never have thought that Double Fine, which is like kind of... Yeah. ...would join something. But when I listen to the philosophy behind it and what it allows Double Fine to become and to like how much they can project into the future and how what they'll be able to realize because every time like all the better like if people are treated better from it and better games are coming out of it i think everyone can be happy it's it, yeah do you ever see yourselves being acquired let's say if this game does very well like it's gonna do well i mean let's let's not bullshit a game looks amazing and sony is like you know what you know what, guys? You really made an amazing game. We want you part of Worldwide Studios I, at PlayStation. I I really don't think we're at that stage, mm -hmm. uh, but also we are really committed to Kepler and want to mm -hmm. make Kepler the best it can be, and that means being part of it. Uh, 
So yeah, where we're standing right now is Kepler is the home for IOSEB uh, for the foreseeable future. Sure. That's good. That's good. I feel like I like it when big publishers reach out to find talent and work with them in making a product as opposed to we'll just put you under our umbrella. Now, again, if there's years and years of relationships, yeah. it can make like Insomniac that make, made yeah. sense for PlayStation. But I think for smaller, like with Ember Labs and Kina, yeah. I, I like those sort of approaches when it comes to the sort of the money bags coming in to help a small indie yeah. studio and making their vision a reality. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 all about what the studio needs at mm -hmm. the end of the day. And if the studio is like super established and has a you know um, good way of doing things already, then just you know provide them safety and let them do the thing. Mm -hmm. the studio, it's, it's exactly what we're doing with Kepler. Is that uh, studios that have needs we support and studios that are doing great uh in some areas or others mm -hmm. and it's a, there's a lot of freedom there and i think that's the best way to you know make a relationship a partnership work so when can we play this masterpiece in the making i know there's a sort of a spring window i believe for release yeah. date yeah the 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 release window we have now is spring um mm -hmm. I'm really not able to. Yeah, you know, no, I'm not, I didn't ask you for an exact date. <laughs> no, I, I don't have. Um, I don't have it. It's a matter of we want to put the best game out there. Like it's a pretty mm -hmm. generic answer, but to be honest, like the launch of Sifu put things in perspective, like very much. Mm, interesting. Okay. The first Capri game. It is so good that we want to live up to it. You know, we want to. Uh, wow. And, and so it's going to be ready when when we think that it's on par. You see, I think that is a really good answer. When I understand how, again, when it comes to scope and levels of polish and hitting targets, you can say, our game is not quite ready. We're going to push it back a couple months. Uh, it should have been like a year for what you call it, cyberpunk, but whatever. <laughs> um, I, I really like the philosophy of, look look what our partners did with this amazing game like these are this is part of our family yeah. and they have set a standard now that we as a team are going to try to rise to and just you want to hit that high note on the yeah. ukulele every time we release a game <laughs> yeah i mean that's you know that's also a way that kepler helps us be a better studio. It's not only like collaboration and sharing mm -hmm. information, also just like everyone lifting everyone up, you know, just by being around each other. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's also like a kind of a weird thing of like quality control too. Like, oh, this is, look at this. You guys got to do at least, at least what this is. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we, we'll see. I mean, we, we uh, got it. Yeah. We are way smaller than Slow Clap, mm -hmm. so uh, you know, and we're making a way different game. So it's True. hard to you know compare one to one, but we're we're doing we're doing the best we can. For sure. No, you guys are doing a hell of a job, and again, this looks like it looks so charming. It looks again, it's not your typical game. You know, it's not about heavy combat or those kind of things. It's 
more about, again, discovery, exploration, that sense of being a kid again, and all those themes you've mentioned before. It's just, I feel like this is going to be a magical experience, and I, I really cannot wait. Thanks cannot so wait. Yeah. All right, Phil. And with that, I think it's time to dive into the rapid fire portion oh, gosh. of the interview. This is, this could go in a lot of strange places. <laughs> um, like, can I, can I buzz out? Uh, no. <laughs> um, no, you cannot buzz out. It's not allowed. You must answer the questions. Um, but just how the rules are here. I don't make the rules, even though I kind of do, fine. but still, just just the way it is, just the way it is. So let's start out with uh, <laughs> what is something that you're terrible at that you wish you could do better? Uh, writing shader code. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. I've just been busting my head on it for three days, so that mm. came up instantly. Mm. Uh, Chia has just launched. It has sold millions of copies and you and your team are out celebrating and you've had way too much to drink because you're that, you're that just overjoyed with the results and success. What word best describes you when you're drunk? Uh, sober because I don't drink. Oh, you don't drink. Ah, sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, every group needs one, Phil. Yeah. It's it's like, not yeah. me, but every group doesn't need one. <laughs> Though in my group, everyone forgets who it's supposed to be, and we all end up being a mess by the end of the night. That's that's supposedly pretty fun sometimes. No, it's not. <laughs> it's fun up until you're in a cab going home at two in the morning and your friend pukes in the cab um, and then good. out of the window on the expressway it's never a good thing it's it's always I, fun until that happens that's a memory <laughs> if anything speaking about memories what is the dumbest way you've ever injured yourself i i almost got off my finger trying to carve out a mini <laughs> snowboard out of a piece of plastic to do downhills on a on, a, on some almost cut off your finger so was it like dangling and they just reattached i have a huge scar oh my god yeah it was it was pretty bad oh Oh, lordy oh boy um (laughs) oh now this is a more chia specific question what is that bird dog thing tastes like do you is it like a do you eat it no you don't eat it it's a national <laughs> emblem of the island you don't eat the cagoose <laughs> all right listen i thought it was like chicken no it's not <laughs> it's a wild it's a wild animal okay <laughs> i mean you can eat wild animals but not this one <laughs> i mean um, you guys don't eat eagles Right, we don't eat the eagles. Yes, it's yes. the same. Okay, all right. I, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure. I'm sure someone does eat eagle somewhere. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Right. You never know. <laughs> can you? Can you replicate what it sounds like? Do your impression of that bark? Can I? 
<laughs> go again because the one we have in the game is it's kind of you know tailored and kind of fantasized mm -hmm. a bit but the real right. one like it's something like whoop 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 oh boy <laughs> you see yeah. again I, I i i suggest you google you Kadu know park you were three. you said before that the idea wasn't to promote your island and to get folks to visit you just keep giving me a reason to book a ticket right now <laughs> i want to i want to see what this thing looks like what it sounds like you should <laughs> um would you rather have the ability to lie perfectly or you have to always tell the truth i think always tell the truth is probably you'll probably feel better about yourself in the long run mm. lying can be useful but it's not it's not often are, like a long-term answer to anything you are too wholesome for me phil um <laughs> am i lying about that oh know. oh now that got deep thinking <laughs> about things you lie about not being wholesome if one of your teammates got a phone call in the middle of the night that you were arrested for committing a crime what crime did you commit uh skateboarding <laughs> in an uh forbidden location god you would think after you almost lost a finger you'd stop skateboarding or <laughs> you know you use your feet so it's okay what uh what would your safe word be um don't make that boop boop sound <laughs> I was, I was gonna do it <laughs> I was exactly going to do that. Okay, All right. <laughs> okay. So the boop boop sound it is. We're going to keep it at that. We're going to keep it at that. What do you think? What do you think people notice most about you? So in your room with people, like, oh, there's Phil. Oh, you yeah. know, he's got so-and-so going on. This is going to sound weird, but um, I think my hair. Mm. Because it's like usually not like that at all i have like yes i know because i was right. mass googling you like I'm, yeah, I just, you know i just buzzed everything off but usually yeah, yeah. crazy hair so that kind of stands out okay um is it okay to sleep with socks on it's uh absolutely against the law i think in new caledonia mm. oh interesting no, I, I, well, my home. <laughs> yes. Is is cereal a soup? Cereal, I, I, I hate milk. So wow, cereal. You is, hate milk. I hate it. But there's no like lactose issue. You just don't like milk. I no, yeah, I just don't like it. I do, oh I my do god. Like, cheeses and stuff but milk itself i I, I think I'm, I'm the exact opposite like i can't do i can do cheese on a pizza or in a pie right. or like in a warm melted state yeah but like like a cheese board yeah. i'm like just get just get, really an, get really away from me yeah it's really an acquired taste 
like you start with the like very you know the hard ones that have like not a lot of taste and then you mm. grow into liking the weirder ones like in france we have a lot mm. of weird stuff if so you cereal, had cereal for me is uh, like chips okay okay interesting uh if you had chia's powers what would you soul jump into first um i i mean the obvious answer is a bird it, mm -hmm. it feels great in the game and i'm sure it feels great in real life let's see we'll get a few more to go here would you rather have an exact clone of yourself or one million dollars in cash tax-free the exact clone i mean it could mm. it could he could spend his time learning shader code yes have him just work on that only yeah. <laughs> would you rather use bacon grease as shampoo for the rest of your life or sandpaper as toilet paper for the rest of your life <laughs> i guess the bacon grease kind of gives you a rockabilly vibe thing you know and maybe yeah Maybe that's gonna come back. Well, maybe listen, not. if if you keep your hair that short, it's not gonna be a problem right. for you. I'm fine. Maybe the smell is not gonna be great. But... You might attract some of those bird dog things, but <laughs> <laughs> are you when you're when you're approaching the water, the beautiful blue waters of New Caledonia, are you a dip my toe? first or do you just run and jump head first into the water you just you run and jump that's it baby so far it, yeah all right and let's end on this um a lot of indie game characters like if you look at shovel knight as like the main example they love to cameo in other games he's like everywhere shovel knight <laughs> What would your dream cameo game be for Chia? If you could put Chia in any game, what game would that be? Put Chia in Half-Life 3. Oh. Oh, just, oh, just, Phil. Yeah, just replace the I, team. I didn't, I didn't expect to miss Half-Life today. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Like... I don't know if you watched the Nintendo Direct this I past this past Wednesday. So it was okay. A lot of ports and stuff. They mentioned there's a Portal collection coming to Switch. And I was just like, oh, shit. I miss Portal a lot. There's no Portal 3. Yeah. I miss that. I miss, I miss when Valve made games. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Alex is really cool. Yes, Alex is really cool if you can afford like a $10,000 headset to play it on. You can play it on Quest. <laughs> It's decent on the quests. Decent. I mean, I played it on the quest, and it was it was a good experience. Phil, I don't, I don't invest in a quest to play decent games. I feel like the last word you want to describe your game, like, oh, how's Chia? It's a decent. It's a decent <laughs> <I> mean, game. <laughs> The game was amazing. Oh, the, yeah, the, the game is amazing, but the, um, the experience of playing it on a quest. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got my quest right here next to me, so 
Resident Evil 4 is more than decent, but I think I'm going to try Alex out because I can't, again, I can't afford. Well, I shouldn't be spending that much money on a headset when, P- when PSVR 2 is around the corner. So I'm going to play it on that and see what it's like. Phil, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This has been a lot of fun. The game looks phenomenal. I cannot wait. I feel like 2022 is going to be an amazing year for indie games, especially. You know, we had, you know, Sifu came out you know, held no punches, so to speak, didn't hold back. And now we have your game coming out, hopefully um, springtime, super polished, super awesome. Where can our listeners find out more about you, the game, give us the whole social media spiel right now. Um, Let's go. I think the best way to stay in touch about Chia would be on Twitter. It's where we're the most active at Awaseb, A-W-A-C-E-B. And I'm at uh, Phil Crefo. Um, yeah, and you know we're a small team. We read every email. So if you want to reach out and have a chat, just salt jump in our DMs. Oh yes. All right, and we'll have all those links for you in the description as always. Well, Phil, it's been again a lot of fun. This is going to be a. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be more than decent. I feel Thank when the time so comes, Thank and I for your enthusiasm. That's really oh yeah, I can, I cannot wait. It's 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 always hard to talk to a developer when you are so in love with the game and want to be like not a ranging fanboy when you're having a conversation. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I cannot wait. So thank you, Phil. Thank uh, you. Thank you, listeners. And as always, don't eat the bird dog. <laughs> never eat. The never bird eat. Dog. Never eat the bird dog. No. Thanks for listening. And until next time. <laughs>